Today's message was recorded live at the Middletown Seventh-day Adventist Church of Louisville, Kentucky, a safe environment where people relationships become kingdom relationships. Find us online at www.friendlychurch.com. Thank you. Okay, that's better. (laughs) All right. So give thanks because of what God has done for us. He has given us Jesus Christ, his son. So good morning and happy Sabbath, everybody. I hope everyone had a splendid week. And for those of you that didn't, there's always next week, right? (laughs) Unless Jesus decides to come, there's always next week. A new week with new beginnings. We must learn to recognize the silver lining in every little thing, especially nowadays. I believe that as it stands, optimism is key in this day and age. Speaking of stands, I stand, sorry, before you today for two reasons and two reasons only. One, my parents drove me here. And two, God has given me the opportunity to speak before a big group of people. Isn't that nerve-wracking? He has pulled me out of my comfortable, amazing, comfortable comfort zone. However, Moses went through the same struggle. And that lets us know that if God is our guide, if God is for us, everything is possible. Amen. He has given me the gift of public speaking today. So today, you will hear God's message through me, but that doesn't mean it's my message. For he has guided me every step of the way. So I'm not so nervous anymore. But before I dive in into these God-given gifts, I would like to open with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this beautiful Sabbath you have given us. And I pray that as you have inspired me with this message, you will inspire everybody in this room, everybody that is present here with us today. Let Let your message touch their hearts as it has touched mine. In your name we pray, amen. Okay, so talents. Let us engage in a discourse regarding talents, shall we? What is a talent? What is talent? Not everyone at once now. (laughs) It's okay, I googled it for you. Talent is a natural aptitude or skill. That would be the literal definition dictionary.com has provided me with. But come to think of it, who provided us with talent in the first place? That would be none other than our bright morning star, the one who gives me life, the great shepherd of the sheep, our heavenly father. Talents are a gift from God. We were given these certain talents because it makes us who we are. Not only are they a gift for ourselves, but a gift for everybody around us. They also help us glorify God. For example, there are people with musical talents. They are gifted with a musical ear, per se. Their area of expertise might be singing or dancing or playing an instrument or maybe even all of the above. That's kind of scary. And those are the kind of people that can glorify God through worship. Now, there are people who possess a competitive personality and they like playing sports. That's one of their talents. A person could be very empathetic and they can form an emotional connection with someone, either a stranger or a friend. 
They could be a baker, a cook, that's a talent. You know, they possess a skill to make delectable food, and then there's me who eats it. That's my favorite part. <laughs> Another person could have a jocular personality and manages to get everyone in the room laughing. There are many more, several more, and they are all good things. What about some biblical talents, huh? Let's talk about Samson, Esther, and Solomon. What do they have in common? Besides two of them literally being royalty, I think it's their God-given gifts. They don't have the same gifts, but neither do we. God has created us to be different, and we each possess a unique set of skills. For instance, Samson had his strength. His calling was saving his people from the Philistines. Esther had her beauty. Um, sure, that caught the eye of the king, but her talent was, I guess you could say, her faith. Because her faith saved her people from execution, basically genocide. And Solomon had wisdom, God-given wisdom. His calling was fairly ruling Israel for a very, very long time. This is only further evidence that God's purpose for us is far bigger than we can imagine. As Ephesians 3.20 says, with God's power working through us, God can do much, much more than we can ask or think of. Amen to that. Basically what this verse is saying is that as long as we keep God as our guide, as long as we keep him as our anchor, we can accomplish his purpose for our lives and his calling. Sometimes though, sometimes, in order for God to work through us, he has to pull us out of our comfort zones. I mean, he sure pulled Moses out of his. I'm sure some, if not most of us, can relate to Moses in that aspect. Like, public speaking? I, I can't imagine doing that. So, I want you to think back to Exodus. God gave Moses the power to part the Red Sea, to turn the Nile into blood, and lead an entire nation out of the malicious hands of the Pharaoh. Right? And this is the same man that said he couldn't do it because he was too nervous and too scared to speak in front of people. First off, I can relate to that. But second off, Moses did the unthinkable because God was with him. And if God is for us, who can ever be against us? Paul once said in Philippians, I can do all things through Christ because he strengthens me. Because God gives me strength. That's Philippians 4.13. So what you're telling me is that not only do we have God and Jesus, but we have the Holy Spirit too. So what you're telling me, if we do the math here, we have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost who strengthen us on our day-to-day -day basis. What are we so afraid of? The correct answer would be nothing. But we are not correct creatures, if that makes sense. However, we are in correction. Take Moses, for instance. Trying to defend a slave, he killed an Egyptian. When the people of Israel started worshiping a golden calf, he broke the Ten Commandments that had been carved in stone by the literal hands of God. He wasn't perfect, and neither are we. But if God can do all that through a man that lets his anger get the best of him, if God can do it through a man who is afraid of public speaking, can you imagine what he can do through you? Moses was a leader. 
It was his calling, his God-given gift. Someone who had excellent leadership skills, who sought to strive along with everyone around him. That was his calling. Have you found yours? Are you still seeking God's purpose for your life? I know even adults don't have their whole life figured out. And that just means God is still making a way. But don't worry. God is up to something. And he's up to something good. He's up to something amazing. That much I know. Because God has plans to prosper us. He has plans to give us hope and a future. I would like you to turn your Bibles to Philippians 2.13. Philippians 2.13. Are we good? Yes? Okay. My Bible says, yes, God is working in you to help you want to do what pleases him. Then he gives you the power to do it. There it is again, that word power. Because before it was with God's power working in us, God can do much, much more than we can ask or think of. Isn't that crazy? So much power going around. God gave Solomon the power of wisdom, to Samson the power of strength, and to Esther the power of faith. It's such a powerful thing, isn't it? Yet all we need is faith as big as a mustard seed to move mountains. So just as God has worked in each of these individuals, he can work through you too. Amen. He makes us want to do things that glorify him, whether it's singing to worship him or organizing a fundraiser for the homeless or simply just smiling at a stranger in the street. That's what the Bible calls the fruit of the Spirit. We do not have to shove the Bible down people's throats to shine God's light. Actually, how about we don't do that in general? And... Once people see that love, that joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, once they see all that in us, they will see Jesus. So remember the Lord in everything and in all that you do, and he will give you success. Proverbs 36. Remember the Lord. Remember that your God-given gifts are just that, God-given your talents are not exactly yours to brag about. But they are there for pleasing the Lord. After all, you have to think about this. Are you doing it for the glory of yourself? Or are you doing it for the glory of God? We have now come to the conclusion that talents are a God-given gift. What else is a God-given gift? How about promises? There are plenty of those in the 66 books of the Bible. I want to tell you a story. Uh, a couple weeks ago, 
I had volleyball tryouts. And I was super excited. It was, it was just me, though, because I had actually missed the official date for the tryouts. But anyway, I had been practicing volleyball for months now. Without a team or a coach, just me, my sister, and a wall. And the ball, of course. So yes, I was looking forward to playing volleyball on an actual court for the first time. Unfortunately, I didn't make the team. I lacked experience is what I was told, which doesn't really make sense. You know, no one's born with experience. But the point of the story is I was heartbroken. You know, I had worked for something so hard for so long and I still couldn't achieve it. The worst part is I thought I would have been good enough because I thought I wasn't that bad. But I wasn't good enough. My mom reminded me that God is in control. Everything happens for a reason. He guides our way, our path, and our future. And it's always going to be better than the future we have in store for ourselves. In the grand scheme of things, my volleyball trials were not the worst, you know, that could have happened. But what about the people who have dealt with the loss of a loved one? What about those who feel alone in this world? What about the people that have worked so hard for something they still couldn't achieve? And what about the people who lose the battle against an illness? Think of broken hands. Broken hands cannot hold things very well, right? Well, neither can broken hearts. The path to God's promises is often paved by suffering. God sometimes has to break us. He has to open our wounds. He has to prune us. He has to heal us. Because he wants us to be able to hold on to his promises. We might think that God's grace is found only in comfort. <laughs> no, it's not. It's found also in suffering. Psalms 34, 18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He saves those whose spirits have been crushed. This is what God promises about helping us. He will always be there. We are not alone, nor forgotten, unheard, or unloved. This worldly life is not easy. But God will not give us obstacles that we cannot overcome. Amen. God makes another promise about happiness. In Deuteronomy, I don't know how to pronounce that in English, but it's Deuteronomy 6.18. And it reads as follows. Do what the Lord says is right. Then things will go well for you. Things will go well for you. So as long as we follow the Bible, his teachings, we don't have to be perfect. God doesn't ask us to be perfect because we simply are not. But as long as it's in our hearts to do the right thing, God will make a way. He makes another promise about faith. It says, in Christ we can come before God with freedom and without fear. We can do this through faith in Christ. So no matter how ashamed you feel of your sins, how much you've messed up in the past or how much you keep messing up, in Christ we can come to him without fear 
and with hope. God has made so many other promises, like not flooding the earth again, or that the Lord is our shepherd and we shall lack nothing. All the way to the second coming of Jesus. These promises guide our way. They guide our entire lives. They are there for every challenge we might have faced and every single one to come. Matthew 28, 20 says, You can be sure that I will be with you always. I will continue with you until the end of the world. The Lord will be with us through it all. He will be with us everywhere we go, and he will be with us until the end of the world. What a sweet promise. So we have talents, promises, what else are we missing? What's another God-given gift? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's Jesus Christ. It's the Son. Look at it this way. God gave us his only begotten Son, right? To die for us on the cross. A man who had never sinned in his life, in his life died for the sins of others. That was the ultimate promise. It was the ultimate sacrifice for the ultimate promise. He's coming back. Jesus is alive. In John 14, 1 through 3, Jesus said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust in me. There are many rooms in my father's house. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. I will come back. Then I will take you to be with me, so that you may be where I am. Tomorrow is not promised. Our days on earth are very limited. The day soon will come when all those who believe in Christ will have to run. But what does Jesus say about this? He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust in me. So do not worry, my dear brothers and sisters, for the divine gift is eternal life in Jesus Christ. And he promised us that he was going to come back soon so that we may be where he is. I would like for you to turn to Psalms 145, 13. Psalms chapter 145, verse 13. Are we ready? Okay. Towards the end, it says, the Lord will keep his promises. So all the promises God has made in the 66 books of the Bible, the Lord has said he will keep, will keep his promises. And we have seen evidence of that all the way throughout the Bible. The God-given gifts are the talents, 
and the promises and the son he has given us. Let us remember that our church has many talents. There are those people that are gifted with a smile and a warmth about them, and they serve as deacons or deaconesses. The office staff, the pastor who offers leadership, the worship team who can sing, the janitors, the audiovisual team, the Sabbath school teachers, the elders, there are several others that escape my mind, but they all have a talent and they were all placed there by God. I pray and hope that this message acts as a seed in our hearts that we may remember Jesus as the way to salvation, that we may remember his promises that guide us our days on, our, on the earth, and that our talents manifest the glory of God unto others. Can I get an amen? God bless you always and forever. Happy Sabbath, everybody.